Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Filling in for Dave Schwartz, Matthew Collar, along with Pete Najarian. I haven't told a single story today, so I guess I, guess I can't live up to the storytelling of Dave Schwartz, as the <laughs> intro says. I'm going to have to work on that. Uh, but we're going to talk some hockey. Maybe Jess Myers from the Rink Live has some hockey stories for us. Uh, what's going on, Jess? It's uh, it was Hockey Day weekend. I mean, it's uh, the best time of year in Minnesota, right? And and it's supposed <laughs> to be cold. It's supposed to be nasty like it was yesterday out at White Bear Lake. But uh, they did some fantastic games out there. Nice job by that community. And this has become just a really kind of fun celebration of the game in Minnesota. It's gone on, what, 15 to almost 20 years now. Uh, some exciting news coming out of this uh, event yesterday as well. Warroad next year, Hockey Town USA gets it. And then Shakopee after that, kind of expanding to some non-traditional metro area communities that where hockey is really a growing thing. So fun weekend in Minnesota. So can I ask you, I don't even know if you know the answer to this, uh, but when I moved here, Hockey Day in Minnesota has always been a thing. And it's really cool. I mean, like it's on TV all day and everything else. Uh, how, when did this start? Like how did this start? About 2007 was the first one. It was up in Baudette, Minnesota, which is way, way up north. On Highway 11, I mean, you know, literally the other side of the river from where they had the original hockey day is Canada. So gives you an idea. And they, at one point, they played it on a frozen river. They put it on a frozen body of water. <laughs> now they've realized that's not always the, the most stable way to do it. So now they have it just on, on an outdoor rink. Um, you know, Mankato last year did just a bang-up job because they put the hockey rink right in the middle of the uh, MSU Mankato football field and had oh. like 7,000 fans show up for a college hockey game between, between MSU and St. Thomas. So, yeah, it, it, like I say, the, the communities turn out for this. You always get some fun games. And what I love, too, is it's become almost a fashion statement. The teams that are playing in it come up with special uniforms just mm. for this game. And if mm. you can find the pictures online, go to therinklive.com. We've got some great pictures. Hill Murray yesterday went out there in like these 1983 throwbacks from when they went undefeated and won their first state championship of wearing the old green and gold. And they did like fake Cooperalls, you know, for people who know hockey, they, they wore regular pants and regular socks, but they made the socks look like they, you know, extended down to the length of their skate. So it looked like they were wearing, you know, the 1983 fashions from hockey. It was just fantastic. I hope they keep doing that. That would be great. What a great look that is. I, I, I'm into that throwback. It doesn't happen to, have to happen just once in a while. I'd like to see it more often. Hey, um, Jeff, I know that you keep track of just about everything there is in the world of hockey, so I'm going to just jump real quick to the Gophers just because uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are. We've talked about this in the past when you've come on, and, and I'm, I'm really loving what I'm seeing and hearing, but 
people are going to go for hockey again. And they had 10,300 the other night and 10,200 the other night after that. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Isn't it a great thing to see that happening? Somebody put up a video, kind of a panoramic video of the crowd yesterday, and it was, it was packed. You know, afternoon game against Michigan State, and there was a huge crowd there, the bands playing, the student section's fun. And I'm a bit of a smart aleck on Twitter now and then, so I, you know, retweeted this and I said, but wait a minute, the Big Ten's lousy and nobody goes to go for hockey games anymore. Uh, well, that, that's, that's five years ago, okay? Yeah. Uh, you know, go for hockey is back. Now, Bob Motzko, their coach, chooses his words carefully, and he says, Gopher fans never went away. They just weren't as involved at one point as they are now. And, and man, it's really become a fun atmosphere again. You know, hearkening back to 30 years ago when 3M Arena and Mariucci opened, and the joke was, how do you sell 10,000 Gopher tickets? Well, you open the doors. That's all you needed to do. And, you know, uh, I think people are starting to come around to Big Ten hockey a little more. You still get the, the folks living in the past who say, oh, boy, I miss the old WCHA. Well, it's gone. Get used to it. You're, you're playing Michigan. You're playing Michigan State now. You're playing the Buckeyes. You're playing the Badgers. That's, that's who you are. So mm-hmm. I, ha- I haven't seen them, Jess. How good is that Gopher team? This uh, this top line the Gophers have is I, I've had other college hockey coaches tell me it is the best line they've seen in college hockey. Period. Not this year. Not not you know in the last ten years. Period. The the group of uh, of Matthew Nyes, Logan Cooley, and Jimmy Snuggerud. Uh, you know, guy guy from Phoenix, guy from Pittsburgh, and a guy from uh, Chaska uh, together on one line. Uh, are, not since maybe Phil Kessel was a Gopher. Have you seen a group that when they come out on the ice to take a draw, you see people in the crowd just reflexively stand up like something cool is going to happen here? That's, this, is, this is just a really fun team to cover and a fun team to watch. They, they seem like they're talented everywhere, including, you know, I, I think the goalies have done an unbelievable job this year. Tell us a little bit about this St. Thomas team, though, because obviously jumping to Division One, and all the rest of it, but they're out there fighting and scratching and doing a great job against Arizona State. Are, are, are they a for real team that someday you see, you know, being at least competitive, maybe not beating the Gophers, but being very competitive at the Division One level? Here's what happened for St. Thomas Hockey in this past month. Number one, they beat Bowling Green twice, and, and Bowling Green was the top team in their conference at the time. Number two, they found out within a couple of years they're going to have a new 4,000-seat on-campus hockey arena, which is going to be absolutely state-of-the-art. And number three, Rico Blasi and his crew are doing an amazing job recruiting, and this is what I think the Twin Cities has needed for a long time. You know, people have looked at Boston forever, where they've got the public school that's really good, that's Boston University, they've got the private school, the Catholic school that's really good, that's Boston College, and they've said, why can't we do something like that here? I think finally we're going to have that where you're going to have a real rivalry. Granted, they won't be in the same conference, but I think they're going to be competing head-to-head for a lot of kids, a lot of Twin Cities kids who don't necessarily want to go too far away from home, a lot of parents who you know, want to be able to drive you know, 25 minutes to see their kid play instead of you know, going up to northern Michigan or going to Arizona State or going wherever to watch their kid play. Uh, I, I really think that this is a program on the rise, and, and it's really an exciting time for St. Thomas Hockey. Jess Myers joining us from the Rink Live. Let's uh, just go around the hockey world with you, uh, Jess, into the Minnesota Wild. Trade deadline. You know, I saw on Twitter, Jess, somebody suggested that the Wild get a number one center, which I I don't know. Why don't they just go do that? That's just easy, right? You just trade for a number one center. (laughs) 
what, what, was, what was the date on that story? Was that like 2014 or 2016 right. or 2017? Or, I mean, this is the story every year. In, in the journalism world, we call this a nevergreen. You know, it's, like, it's like we've heard this every year. The, the prices at trade di- deadline that they want for number one centers are ridiculous. So, yep, let's talk about that a lot. It's not going to happen. It's really cool, but, well, you know, whatever. What do you think they'll do, though, Jess? <laughs> Well, I mean, the, the, the talk forever is that they're going to move Matt Dumba and they're going to you know, add somebody on the top end, which I think would be a good move. Now, again, the fact that we've been talking literally for years that Matt Dumba is expendable, I think that's hurt his trade value. You know, the fact that everybody knows that, uh, that he's out there, he can be had for the right price. Well, I think that price is dropping and that's not a good place for the Wild to be in. So I think they will make a move. Inevitably, I think Wild fans are going to be probably disappointed and say they didn't do enough. But again, that's one of those things that seems to happen every year, too. You know, when, when you go out and get Chris Simon at the trade deadline and everybody goes, huh, what was that about? I love the Martin <laughs> Hansel trade. I'm just saying. Uh, really? Okay, well, good. Uh, you know, the, the meeting of people that love that trade, is not uh, they're not crowded. Those meetings, but I hope you enjoy yourself. <laughs> Jess, I do a podcast uh, during the week, four days a week, and, and we were talking about this, and I usually don't go to hockey. It's not something that I pretend to be like the biggest guru in by any stretch of the imagination. But I will tell you this. I was looking at just what a dominant team, well, a dominant city that we've got in Boston right now. But how about the NHL? You look at the Boston uh, Bruins, and you see a team that is absolutely could be, they're on track to be, the greatest team uh, – record-wise, that we have seen with 66 wins is what they're on pace for right now. What is it that they did that got them to this point? Because I know they replaced the coach. That was a big move. They got Jim Montgomery now. But they were a team that was not expected to be very good. They were expected to be pretty average, quite honestly. And here they are as we get deeper into the season. And these guys, you look at their point differentials, you look at every, every statistic that you can find, they are leading the NHL. They're pretty incredible. What's the deal? Well, first of all, thank goodness for those long-suffering Boston fans that they finally have something to cheer for. You know, what's it been, about 18 months since they've had a championship parade there? So, you know, God bless them. They, they finally, after the, the long doldrums of about a year and a half here, that you know, something, something's going right in Boston sports. No, all joking aside, I think the story here is Jim Montgomery. You know, a guy who had huge success as a college player at Maine. He w- won a national championship as a coach at Denver. Um, he went to the NHL, went to Dallas had some personal problems, had to step away from the game for a while, kind of to get his life in order. You know, he admitted he had some substance issues that he needed to take care of. You know, and Mm -hmm. at that point, you never know what the future lies. You never know who's going to be the next team that's going to take a chance on these guys. Now, I joke about this, but thankfully the NHL has such an active and popular coach recycling program that seems (laughs) like, you know, the the way you get an NHL head coaching job is to get fired from another NHL head coaching job. Um, but but God bless Jim Montgomery. He gets another chance with Boston. And, you know, this has been the core of a good team for a while. I think you have a lot of guys maybe playing a little bit over their heads. But, you know, this is no fluke. We're, we're looking at February 1st here, and this team just keeps winning. So, yeah, look, look out for that black and gold team come playoffs. It's just the same people in Boston always being good, and it's irritating. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and the greatest quote, by the way, ever about Boston sports fans, Jack Parker, the longtime coach at Boston University, he, he famously said, Boston fans are the best, man. They're with you, win or tie. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, Jess, uh, you ice fishing today? What are you doing? 
I, you know what I'm doing? I, I, maybe I'm not a real Minnesotan, Matthew. Uh, the Gophers have a bye week next weekend. I'm hopping on a plane. I'm going to Arizona for a few days to see my dad. So, uh, it, And it's only going to be like in the 50s there, but, you know, whatever. It's not below zero. I'll be fine. Uh, okay. All right. That is a, it is a little soft of you, yes. But if you're visiting your dad, it's fine. You get a pass. Yeah. Uh, Jess R. Myers on Twitter, The Rink Live. You do a phenomenal job covering hockey. Thanks for joining us, Jess. Appreciate it, man. Oh, Thanks, always Jeff. fun to talk to you guys. Have a great weekend. All right, Uh, when we come back, I want to play a game with Pete because Pete knows everyone. So we're going to play with Championship Weekend, the seven degrees of Pete Nigerian for Championship Weekend. That's when we return. Matthew Collar in for Dave Schwartz along with Pete and Charlie. We'll be right back. All right, let's play the seven degrees of Pete Nigerian because something that that I, I realized pretty quick hosting with you, Pete, is that you know a lot of people. You got a lot of interests. You're hanging out with former NFL players. You know a lot of people. So here's the game. It's a very simple game. I am going to say someone involved with this weekend, uh, this mm-hmm. the championship Sunday, and I want you to draw a connection that you have a friend of a friend or that you know someone, and we're going to see if we can connect you to all of the biggest names of championship weekend. Okay. Uh, this could get interesting. Right. Well, let, let's start out. Let's start out in a very simple place. Brock Purdy. Are you connected uh, through anyone to Brock Purdy? Um, the one connection I would have to him, I did see him at the camp this year. We were talking about in August when the Niners were here. But the uh, Shanahan and John Lynch are guys that I'm uh, uh, friendly with. So uh, the combination of them, and actually not the head coach Shanahan, his father, is yeah. is more of my era. So between him and, and John Lynch, who was a Stanford guy and a Buccaneer and all the rest of it, um, we do have some ties. And actually, over the last few years, I have talked about and, and thought about um, getting involved on the, uh, you know, sort of general manager side of things maybe in the NFL. And with some of that conversations, I've, I've talked to these guys about that and what the path would look like. And so – um, that's my tie-in with it. <laughs> that's that's what I've got for that for you on that one. No, that's pretty good uh, because that's like three degrees. So if it's like Mike Shanahan to Kyle Shanahan to Brock Purdy, that's pretty good. <laughs> and I, I saw Mike Shanahan out at uh, training camp this year, so that yeah. was that was cool to have him in Minnesota. Obviously, a legend. How about Christian McCaffrey? He's going to play a big role in today's game. I think, I mean, he's got a little bit of a calf injury, but I think he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can we connect you to Christian McCaffrey? Uh, I love what you're doing here. Um, so the, <laughs> the one connection I would have with him would be just uh, going back to his father. See, that's how old I am. Like you yes, mentioned earlier, yes. I'm old. I am old, <laughs> but I go back and it, with his father being a player and, and obviously with an incredible quarterback from Stanford that was around for a long period of time, um, and my brother Paul played at Cal Berkeley against Stanford, their biggest rival, and John Elway was the opposing quarterback. If they win the game, they're going to go to his only and first uh, bowl game, but instead Cal did the lateral play that went through oh, the right. yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my brother Paul was a part of that as a linebacker out there, and everybody played rugby at Cal so they could get out of spring ball, and that was uh, – that that play kept kept John Elway from ever getting a chance to go to a bowl game in college. So 
that was one of the, I guess that would be my closest tie to McCaffrey. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I grew up watching Ed McCaffrey, his dad, which is uh, I that's, so I'm just old enough now to like have <laughs> players in the NFL who I watch their dads and they've been around a little while. So it's, yeah. it's, it's sort of getting weird. Like when uh, Asante Samuel Jr. came into the NFL, I was like, no, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of that, man. It's amazing. Uh, if, if if people start early in life with their children, there's no doubt that there's there's going to be some crossovers, and it, it gets pretty interesting. Yeah, that's right. LeBron says he wants to play with his son, and uh, mm-hmm. fr- I mean Frank Gore's kid is like a great college running back. I yeah. think so. Yeah, it does happen. How about Patrick Mahomes? Do you have a connection mm-hmm. to a connection that would lead us to Patrick Mahomes? Well, we've got the twins connection from that perspective, and his father. But um, I got a I got one that's fairly tight. His one of his offensive linemen was in high school with my son in New Canaan, Connecticut, who got a scholarship to TCU. His name is Luke, Lucas Niang. And Lucas has a, a really rare thing, I think, in college football. He played 1,400 snaps as a left tackle at TCU without ever giving up a sack. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, yeah, and he was, uh, I think, a second-round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs a few years ago, and he's – a heck of a kid. He's a great young man. He's very intelligent. He's also very large. <laughs> and um, and when he's not hurt, he is, I believe, he's usually the right or uh, the, probably the right tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. That, I love this game already. I had no idea where this was going to go, but that's that's amazing. Uh, how, how about on the other side, Joe Burrow? Yeah, well, that one's easy. That one's not too much divided because uh, I know Joe really well. We're going to have him on the huddle one of these days. Uh, we just have to figure out what day we're going to do it. But I met Joe through his brother, Jamie, who was a linebacker at Nebraska. My daughter went to Nebraska. She worked with the football um, uh, group while she was at Nebraska. And uh, over time, I got to know a lot of different people from Co- uh, Coach Osborne recruited me long ago, but uh, they should have gotten Joe Burrow at Nebraska instead of letting him go to LSU. And a lot of people don't know this story, but Scott Frost didn't want him. He didn't think he was good enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, amazing. it worked out great for Scott Frost either way. So, <laughs> Yeah, uh, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> no, he got fired. It didn't work out. At- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, But uh, for for those who don't get the extreme sarcasm there. But, uh, no, that's funny because you have to wonder about, like, if uh, Joe Burrow would have been the top draft pick had he gone there. Right, because right. he had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and a really good team that put him on the map, and of course he's proven worthy. How about mm-hmm. Andy Reid? You got an Andy Reid oh. connection? 
You know, I really don't. I, I, well, we can than, do you know, this, Pete. We can do this. Think of who you know. <laughs> I I can't think of, of of anybody that really ties me close. I'll give you one. Uh, you know, everybody. <laughs> you know, everybody loves to joke about uh, when he holds up that 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 sheet in yeah. front of himself and he's trying to go through it. Yeah. And it, they always say it looks like a Waffle House menu. <laughs> uh, years ago, I've always been a fan of Waffle House, and years ago, I got to know the guys that are uh, the founder as well as the CEO of Waffle House. So that's there's my connection there with him. So I. The Waffle House connection of what of which people like to do those memes of, of Andy Reid holding that. So that's that's as close as it gets for me on that one. <laughs> um, Charlie, you've been producing the show for a while. Um, is that the best game ever invented on the show? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Pete got his Waffle House I, I reference in there. I, I don't yeah. want to take credit, but. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, we argued about the NFC earlier. Let's debate the AFC game today. Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes, two very close friends of Pete Najarian when we return on the huddle. All right, back here on the Sunday huddle, Matthew Collar in for Dave Schwartz, Pete Najarian, as always, on the beach. And uh, look, look, Pete, I know, I know that Patrick Mahomes' ankle is a, is a big ouchie, but I got a stat for you. I got a stat for you. I know that that's what everybody's been looking at. Well, what's he going to do if he can't run around and do all the crazy stuff? But when Patrick Mahomes gets rid of the ball in under two and a half seconds, he has a 112 quarterback rating. I think he's going to be okay. I know Cincinnati's defense is good. They got a good defensive coordinator. But I think that Mahomes, even as a pocket quarterback, is amazing, and they can still win this football game. You disagree. No, I don't disagree. You I think do those, disagree, uh, what, Pete. Own no, it. You picked uh, the Bengals. <laughs> I did, and and but it, but I it's it's not because of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be just fine, as you said. I also think Travis Kelsey. It looks like he's cleared to play because he was also a name that was talked about about yeah. an injury and so forth. Yeah. So that's really critical, I think, and that's something that uh, obviously is going to help KC a lot. But let's let's think about this now. And I know you know a lot of things in the stats and all those kind of things, but what if I told you that they had five wins going into the, the, the playoffs, Kansas City Chiefs did, but before that streak started, they lost to who? The Cincinnati Bengals. Mm, yeah. And I think the Cincinnati Bengals have got their number. And, and what I mean by that is you mentioned the defensive coordinator for Cincinnati. He's unbelievable. He's done an incredible job. He's got great players that all are, are – they can be shifted around and they're very intelligent and they change their game plan consistently. It's exactly what they did when they went up to Buffalo and were able to completely shut down Josh Allen. Nobody had done that this year. They had a great running game. Josh can run. Josh can pass. Their offense is absolutely incredible. You can't really stop them. Well, Cincinnati managed to stop them pretty well, and they had a really good game plan. Also, running the football. The Cincinnati Bengals can run the football. They've got the two kids out of Oklahoma that when they get handed the ball, they can take off pretty good. And both of them averaging, I think, somewhere close to or more than five yards a carry. There's a reason why I think when you can run the ball and you can chew up the clock and then occasionally you obviously have Joe Burrow still, one of the best quarterbacks in football, that's a great combination offensively. And then when you throw in the fact that the defense has been playing at a high level, I think for consistently most of the year, 
Um, I think that they really uh, they they they're a great example of somebody who can go into a different stadium and change what happens during the game as opposed to going there and and just trying to get through it. These guys, I think, are going to go after him. And Patrick Mahomes with the injury, they're going to go after him pretty fast. Now you mentioned he can get rid of the ball. Absolutely, he can. Patrick Mahomes is the most fun quarterback to watch, I think, in the entire NFL. I, I, I love the way he does everything and the things he's not supposed to do. He does them anyway, and he's good enough to get away from it, away with it. I, I think the world of him, but I just think Cincinnati is destined to get there this year. Well, isn't that what's great about uh, championship weekends? Like, well, all the teams are really good because they're here. So anybody can make a a great argument for all of them. And I thought that all Mm -hmm. of your points about Cincinnati were correct. And I'm not trying to help your argument because I'm supposed to go with uh, Kansas City here. But the the receivers for the Cincinnati Bengals are truly Mm -hmm. incredible as well. And this is where I wonder about, you know, Kansas City – they traded away Tyreek Hill. I think it was a good move for them because Mahomes can make people better and they were going to have to pay him so much money. It's a salary cap league. They could put that money into other things. Uh, and then in the future, Mahomes' salary cap hit is going to go up. Uh, but sometimes it sort of hits the fan when we get to the playoffs and you need those multiple options. And I think Kansas City has an okay defense. They can rush the passer better than Buffalo could last week, so maybe cause a little more problems for Burrow. But he gets Burrow gets rid of the ball so quickly, and he's just got these weapons. And what I was very impressed with last week, Pete, about Cincinnati – is mm-hmm. how they just completely neutralized any Buffalo pass rush. And a lot of times it was with their quick passing game that they have guys that can get yards after catch. It, it is a really difficult matchup for Kansas City's defense because Burrow is so good. I, again, I know that that doesn't help my argument, but I, but I love that matchup of Burrow in the quick passing game versus Kansas City that gets after the quarterback. And the other thing impressive, and, and we got to give him a lot of credit for this, Joe Burrow, I mean, why I think the world of that guy so much. How about going up to Buffalo, one of the best defenses mm-hmm. in all of football, without your left tackle and without your starting right guard? I mean, that's impressive, right? I mean, I, I think, you know, we talk about it with the Vikings all the time because of the injuries we've had to the offensive line and we give all these excuses. But the other thing about Joe Burrow, outside of that, and, and getting rid of the ball quickly, like you said, if I'm on the Kansas City side, on the defensive side, I'm putting pressure on him in any way that I can mm-hmm. with, with, with second-string left tackle, with a second-string right guard, that type of thing. I'm going to get aggressive. But I'll tell you, Joe Burrow is such a tough kid. You know, he got sacked 70 times in 2021. He got sacked 46 times this year. And he never complains. He never goes to, you know, you never see him come up to the offensive line and start yelling at them mm-hmm. or anything like that. He goes and sits down, he looks at everything, and he figures it out, but he never points the finger. And I think that's why these guys love him, because he's part of that offensive line. He's not just the quarterback. He's, he's a guy who gets involved with those guys because that's the family that he came from. And he's gotten better about not throwing interceptions. And I think that's that's you know that that manifests itself because of the fact that the offensive line was better this year. They protected him better. So instead of 16 picks, he threw 12. And you know those interceptions cost you. We all know it. But they they truly do cost you. And if if you can avoid that, it really is a game changer. And I think that's something that Joe's done a really really good job with this year. You know what I like about this matchup, Pete, is that so we joke about like I am starting to get to the point where. 
anyone who's young would think I'm old. You're definitely <laughs> old. But what we have, what we have here, is though something that is that that goes through generations, which is the quarterback matchup in championship weekend and the playoffs. I mean, because if you go back to my youth, you're talking about Steve Young and Troy Aikman. Almost every year, mm-hmm. they're playing in the NFC Championship. It felt like, and then anybody who was growing up more recently would have seen Peyton Manning and Tom Brady year in and year out. And if you are like 12 years old right now, this has got to be the most awesome thing you've ever seen in your life to have Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. And I just, I, I mean, if it was Josh Allen and Mahomes, it still would have been great because Allen is phenomenal. But I think if you were picking two quarterbacks to be your guys for the next 10 years. Like, these are your two selections, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, never never drop out Josh Allen out of this yeah, conversation. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, agree. that guy, I, I, I love him to death. You know, another connection to you from your game earlier, I was lucky enough, I got assigned to do the, the football game at Wyoming when they were playing Utah State. Doesn't sound very exciting. <laughs> but when I walked on the field and I see Josh Allen warming up and I'm looking at this kid and nobody knows who he is, I'm like, I'm the first guy to see him. I mean, he, he this guy's unbelievable. <laughs> he, he can literally, at that altitude, he was throwing the ball 80, 90 yards in the air. I mean, it was <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. He's big and he's strong. But I just put his name in there as well just because he really is special also. And all these guys are young. They're going to be around, hopefully, for a nice period of time. So we get to be the beneficiary of all these young quarterbacks that are just absolutely amazing. So I embrace that. And when you talked about your youth, <laughs> I'm thinking, man, that's when I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> I, I, played against, I, I played against Troy Aikman. I played, you know, I'm old enough that I played against Troy Aikman when he was playing for Oklahoma. most people only remember he was from ucla and he's this pretty boy from texas but no he played at oklahoma first and so there's a lot of tie-ins but it but it is fun and i think this is probably as a group some of the best quarterbacks that we've we've ever really seen i think as a group and it's unbelievable I feel like I missed for our game Troy Aikman that I should have uh, thought of him to include in the seven degrees of Nigerian. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just feel like it's uh, one of the reasons that the NFL is what it is, is that you have mm-hmm. matchups like this. And I, I agree that Josh Allen, if it was him, I'd be saying the same exact thing. These two, that you know, there's something that sort of is, uh, it goes beyond just the physical traits with, with these guys, mm-hmm. with, with all three of them. That there's there's like a a moxie that has gone through again generations, whether it was Joe Namath or you know uh, Joe Montana, and, and there's just mm-hmm. something about these guys. Um, there's another quick thing that I, that maybe you can react to as it relates to the Vikings is that three out of the four quarterbacks who are starting today. Uh, they are on rookie quarterback contracts, which does not mean don't ever pay any quarterbacks, but it certainly Mm -hmm. made me think about the Vikings future. The guys who are here are younger and some of them that are not Mahomes are cheaper. And I do Mm -hmm. think about from the Vikings perspective, if you're sitting at home watching this, you have to be thinking about like how many more years of expensive quarterback play from a guy who's in his mid thirties. Do we really want? Yeah, yeah, that that is an interesting thing, and, I, and it's tough because Kirk did play so well this year, right? I mean, he, yeah, had, he no had a pretty incredible year. He threw for forty five hundred yards, all the rest of it. But by the way, and, and let's add Justin Herbert to that whole oh yeah uh, sure. talk as well because he's another one where you look at him and you go, my goodness, this guy's a 
monster. He can throw the ball the length of the field. He's accurate. He does everything that you really want in a quarterback. And, you know, he's just another one of those names. And I'll bring one that was given up for dead, but now all of a sudden I think we're all talking about him again, but Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he was the first pick in the in the draft coming out of Cal, and, and here he is at Detroit, and all of a sudden he starts lighting things up. And, and I tell you, it, it's what makes football so much fun, though. And then you got guys like Trevor Lawrence still in the shadow, but they're going to be there, I think. And he, he showed a lot about what he, he can be as a pro now that he's actually got a coach. So it, it makes it pretty fun. Okay, here's how we're going to close the show after we come back from break. I'm going to ask you how the Vikings – could be playing this weekend next year. That's when we return. All right, we got a couple minutes left in the show. So this could be a topic for like a four-hour discussion, but we'll make it into like six minutes. Pete, (laughs) let's say I told you, I'm from the future, obviously, and I told you the Minnesota Vikings are playing in the NFC Championship next year. Uh, One, would you think I was just lying about being from the future? Uh, And two... If, if if I wasn't lying, how did that happen? How did they get there? I think that um, if they do the right thing this go-around, and I'm not positive that they will, and, I, and when I say that, it, it's about the defensive coordinator. If they go back and they say, we're going to do the same thing, we're going to find a defensive coordinator that we like, but but he, they're, they're willing to let him still be a 3-4 defense rather than a 4-3, I think that would crush it. They get a guy, that's why I brought up Gus Bradley's name, they get a guy who runs a 4-3 defense, who's done that for a number of years, understands all the, of what goes into that, understands the players that he's got. Um, you know, I look at this team, there are players that we're probably just not going to be able to afford to keep because yeah. we're, you know this better than me, I think, but what is it, 20 or $24 million over the cap we are 24, right now? 24, yep, yep. 24. So we need to do some things. Um, I love Adam Thielen, but you know what? It's a big, that's a big check, and that's a tough one to write especially when you've already got Justin Jefferson, you've got KJ, we got a good tight end, a great tight end, I think, in Hawkinson. Yep. So, uh, you know, Brian O'Neill gets healthy. That offense starts to look pretty daggone good, I think. So what do they do with the defense? They probably need to get a real big run stuffer in the draft. Somewhere in that first round, they've got to find the right guy. And I don't think that they should do what they always end up doing, which is, well, you know what? We're going to get another corner. We do need corners, but we've, we'll get one healthy, um, you know, and we'll, we'll be a little bit better. But I think we've, we've got to get that run stopper in the middle that we don't have. And maybe it's whoever it is, I want them to be one of those great big 6'5", 350-pound guys, like the big kid out of Florida, Torrance. I think he'd be, he probably matches up about there in the draft anyway. That's the kind of a player that I think we need. Now, we needed him last year. But our GM kept trading down and trading down and trading down. And that was, that was part of the problem as well because we were sitting there ready to take Davis from Georgia, and he was right there for the taking. And we decided, you know what, we're going to trade down for something else. And, and I, just, I thought that was a bad move. But if they do the right thing and get a big defensive run stopper, um, those, those things combined could put us into a position to very – I think without a huge stretch, that puts us into that playoff picture where you said into the championship game. I really think that that's, that's what we lack right now. Yeah, I think the, the linchpin there is probably uh, those draft picks from last year. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I think that if all of them aren't good, and they all, sh- well, at, at least a little tiny bit of potential uh, <laughs> at some point, uh, Lewis seen not 
being a starter right away was a little concerning to me because the safety position usually rookies are. But let's just say, like, he's a very physically gifted guy. He comes back from his injury okay, and he is now a shining star. Let's say they don't get rid of Harrison Smith. That's a great combination. And then they need both of the young cornerbacks in Andrew Booth Jr. and uh, Caleb Evans to step up to the occasion because Patrick Peterson Mm -hmm. is probably not coming back. I would assume that he's going to – Maybe ring chase. I could be wrong because he certainly liked Mm -hmm. being in Minnesota. But it also, from comments that he made, he was the one and only person who wanted Ed Donatel to stay and like Mm -hmm. liked the system. Maybe because it just played well into his strengths and no one else's (laughs) on the entire defense. But assuming Mm -hmm. he's gone... You really need those guys to step up. Uh, they need a much better nickel corner. I, I Well, they're going to have to replace the middle of the defensive line because Delvin Tomlinson, unless they sign him to an extension, he is most likely gone as well. So mm-hmm. there's like there's so much work to do on that side of the ball. I, I'll, yeah. I'll throw a crazy angle at you, but maybe not, <laughs> maybe not insane, is if the Vikings were to draft a wide receiver – and the guy was great right away. Stay with me, Pete. I know the defense. In my mind, the defense is just not going to be great. I, I just don't see it. I, there's so much to replace, even if they have a better defensive coordinator. But mm-hmm. if they could put together a top five offense, they can mm-hmm. be dangerous. And then you just sort of hope and pray that somebody steps up. I don't think that's what they'll do. I think they'll try to fix mm-hmm. the defense. I just think if you told me that they were playing in championship weekend, I would have said, oh, they drafted another Justin Jefferson and no one can stop their receivers. That must be why. <laughs> well, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. I just think that you, you at some point, and you look at these teams that are there right now, right? They all play pretty well defensively. And, and, and yeah. they, you yeah. have to be at that level, I think. You could have the greatest offense there is. But but if you have that one game where Kirk throws interceptions or whatever, I mean, and those games happen to every quarterback out there where they throw two interceptions. And if you have no defense, which is kind of where we are already, yeah. and you haven't done anything to change it, that's where the problem uh, you know comes in because those are those are drives that are could be ten or fourteen point swings each one of them. So that's where I think you've got to go defense. You can't you can't go with the receiver. You've got to go on the defensive side, and you've got to figure out how to stop people on the run because that's where it starts, and then all of a sudden, hopefully, your secondary is good enough to be able to stop some of the pass. They don't have to be great. They, they just have to be in the middle. If they're in the middle with a great offense, they're going to be somewhere pretty far into the playoffs. Well, Pete, if you ever become a GM, I, I'm going to share some wisdom with you, something I've noticed about the championship <laughs> teams. They're, All right. they're good at everything. <laughs> they're really good at everything, right? <laughs> they're the most complete teams. And that's why when yeah. we talk about like where we started with the stock market and being in transition and having to reset some parts of this roster, and maybe it's a build over a couple of years, because I don't see them in one year being as complete as these teams, um, which right. should make for some amazing games. So enjoy the uh, the sunshine down there in the beach, Pete. And I I've, uh, really had a lot of fun filling in, and I hope everybody enjoys their championship Sunday. So we will catch you later. Have fun. Thanks, man. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.